What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What Else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. At Sif Pop. We're your movie friends. And are friends really friends? If you don't know them, so grab a popcorn. And head over to our row. So we can chat movies. Like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello, welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And today I'm joined by Sif Pop founder, actually that Aaron, Aaron Dicer. Oh, hey, it's me. <laughs> it is you. I'm that Aaron. <laughs> uh, we, we write for SifPop.com. I mean, you really found SifPop.com, but, uh, but your stuff's on there, too. Uh, we do best ever challenges, movie reviews, other interesting movie related articles. Make sure to check out the website, sifpop.com to keep up with those. And on today's show, Aaron and I are going to talk about a coming attraction. We'll give our thoughts on Mortal Kombat coming out and, uh, we'll move on to a Sif topic. Just catch up on TV. I thought this would be a fun week. Uh, you had last, it's sort of last minute substitution, Aaron coming on the show, but, uh, I feel like, uh, with Sif pop, you mostly talk about movies. I thought that'd be kind of fun to get a chance to shine some light on some TV. Yeah. It's interesting because Sif Pop is about all of pop culture, and even when I joined the BFCA, the Broadcast Film Critics Association, I joined as both a member of the film division and the television division, but there just came a point where I realized my primary passion as a movie reviewer slash critic was the movie side of things. Sure. And so I started more to focus on that, and therefore the podcast has more shifted to that as well. We used to do one movie review a week now we do two we do two movies every single week which you know has been interesting during this time but it, it yeah it's it is movie focused so i don't i don't mind talking about tv i love tv it's just taking taking more of a you know backstage i used to do all sorts of tv articles on the the site too i used to do a um three the three up test every year okay. uh this was three episode test and i would take uh, all the new shows, watch the first three episodes, and then put them in categories of, you know, will watch, might watch, not going to watch kind of thing. I used to do the 21 hours of television every year when the fall TV season kicked off, where I would find the best 21 hours of TV during the week, according to me, <laughs> and talk about that. So yeah, TV used to be much more a part of, of what uh, I do. But uh, it has become very much more. Sif Pop has become more movie focused because I've become more movie focused. But sure. the pop culture is there, and that's kind of why we we keep like the buried treasure on the, the the podcast, that kind of stuff. Because then you can bring in anything. You can bring in music. You can bring in television. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, and not only that, but even uh, I mean, I say that you haven't been able to do much TV recently. But by the time this episode airs, you'll have just talked about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. True. And one division happening recently, and some of these like bigger event shows. I think there was mm-hmm. a Mandalorian catch up mid season. Um, yeah, we do. We do some of the bigger TV. We'll talk about. Uh, we'll slot it in for one of those main reviews occasionally. So yeah, yeah. that does still happen. Yeah. So any, so when we're done talking about like what TV we've been watching recently, we'll get a chance to explore the B plot. We'll answer a question that it came up with us uh, with for us and. Uh, uh, we'll wrap up with a spinoff, so a quick recommend or warn um, from each one of us. But uh, but first, let's get a chance to to get familiar with Aaron again. Uh, this is uh, maybe a little bit redundant of a of a segment here, but hey, uh, no, this is the first time I've been on the show. I mean, you know, it it 
it took having to fill in. Like I didn't get a <laughs> primary spot. I had to get like the secondary spot. But yeah, yeah, it's my first time on the show. So let's do it. Well, I mean, we all know that your favorite movie of all time is Singing in the Rain. So I'm just going to skip past that one. And that we, is true. We've that got to hear for, for a while about why that one is. And Robert and I got the chance to review that one two months ago so to hear more thoughts on that but uh, and i enjoyed your thoughts on it i i uh, enjoyed kind of hearing your guys perspective going back to it and yeah it's fun stuff good it's always you know <laughs> getting to hear other people talk about your favorite movie is is always a pleasure um, you 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 both you both said it was a go right yeah yeah oh, okay good good yeah i think we i both... just want to make sure you could keep working for sif pop and all that <laughs> you know and just yeah, I think we I think we said I uh, loved it, and you know it's it was a go. I, I don't think it's e- in either of our. I think I don't think it's either of our number ones. But right, um, right, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Maybe as time goes on, but uh, mm-hmm. but so so we'll skip the favorite movie and why. Uh, we've got to hear plenty about that. I want to know what do you think is the most important aspect of a movie? It's going to be different for everybody, and it's very subjective. But for me, probably story, and specifically the part of the story that connects to connects to all the different parts of my humanity. So for me, the most, most important aspect of a movie is, the, is that it hits on my intellect, it hits on my heart, my emotion, uh, and it hits on my gut, uh, like, you know, excitement, passion, you know, those kind of things. So yeah, if it, if it hits all three of those sections well, then that that to me is... A movie that's doing its job because it's making me think it's making me feel um and it's making me excited it's making me entertained yeah so for me yeah it's kind of that one two three punch the most important of those probably for me is probably the intellect part i love movies that make me think uh whether that be a movie you walk out of going what would i do that's a big fun one for me the the conundrum movie yeah. the moral quandary yeah, the, movie. the gone baby gone's the, the gone baby gone's yeah or um, what was the space movie with Pratt and uh, Lawrence uh, recently? Passengers. Passengers is one yeah. of those movies for me, too, where you just walk out going, man, the moral conundrum, the moral quandary. Was was that evil what he did? Would <laughs> I have done the same thing? You know, like, yeah, I love that kind of stuff. Uh, so, yeah, intellect is is probably towards the top of my priority list just because it impacts me the most. But as far as the most important aspect, I think is to be a well, a well-rounded movie that hits kind of all three uh, sections sure uh, as i see them that's yeah and i love that uh love that perspective um so then what do you think is like your favorite part about being a film lover i mean watching movies right like that's <laughs> that's <laughs> it's it's the best part there's nothing better than sitting down and watching a movie that's, uh i ne- i never get tired of watching movies like i i will have saturdays are my day they're my day off i don't schedule any work on saturdays i don't you know like I'll spend time with family or, you know, uh, go on a date with my wife or whatever. And I had a Saturday recently where neither of those things were happening. And I just sat down in my theater room and just popped on a movie at 830 in the morning as soon as I got up. And I watched movies till 1030 that night. I just started (laughs) movie after I think I watched nine movies that day. I never got tired of it. I like I love watching movies. It's just like you hit play and it's like. Tell me a story over the next 90 minutes to three and a half hours. However, you know, just tell me a story. And it's just so much fun. Or four hours if you're, you know, watching Ben-Hur or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I, I, think, I think my record is probably three in a day. Uh, other than Sposker's Weekend. 
that uh, right. I was going to say I know you've seen more than three in a day. You've think, seen more than that at my house. Well, that was well. I think fi- I think five on Saturday last year, and one I think of them we usually watch five on Saturday. And yeah. I think one of them was the Irishman, so it's really two. So uh-huh. yeah, right. That's true. Yeah, but just yeah, just oh, let's just hope that Zack Snyder's Justice League doesn't get nominated, just so we don't have just so we don't have another four. Well, thankfully, hour next those year. those nominations are. Oh no, that would be next year. You're right. Year. That's yeah. that's right. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, right? It's watching movies. I, I just think being able to relate with people and being able to like bring out a movie lover in somebody else, I think, is my favorite thing. Um, yeah, and that's that is the the secondary part to it. Then is talking about movies. Yeah, but it, but if I had to if I had to pick one, it's watching sure. the movies um, that I love the most. Yeah, I think that's the first time anybody ever answered just just watching movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a simple guy. I'm a simple guy. Yeah. So, well, so speaking of then simple guy, then what's, what's the meaning behind the name Sif pop? I, it's just something I never thought about asking, but it's yeah, obviously what, what pop th- for pop culture. Yeah. Um, what do you think it is? I don't really what do you know think what it means. I don't really know what Sift is. <laughs> I mean, okay. it, it's, it's, have you looked things. it up? No. <laughs> okay. All right. So sifting is a process by which you, you go through something and find something uh, bigger. So, like if you, you like, oh, uh, like when you like when you do like gold shake, like uh, shaking yep. gold. When you pan for gold, that yeah. is sifting. That is literally what what the website is uh, intended to do: is to sift through all the stuff in pop culture and find the gold nuggets. So, yeah, that's that's where the the sift comes from: is the idea of processing, the idea of looking for the special. Well, there so, we go. That's yeah. a simple, simple answer to a question yeah, that I just sure. never thought to ask. <laughs> yep. But uh, and then there's been a lot of changes kind of going on in uh, in the world of Sif Pop. You know, Sif Pop is now. I mean, this sure. podcast started. This wasn't even an idea a year ago, right? And um, Sif Pop has moved to a uh, Sif Pop Weekly has moved to a live show, uh, mm-hmm. a video podcast as well, and uh, and changes on the website. Lots of new series uh, starting, including very recently Alice's new One Stop Pop, which is just an mm-hmm. incredible read. Lots, lots of things. What are the, what are some of the things that have gotten you most excited, and some of the things that maybe are still to come? I get most excited about about the idea of people like you, people like Alice, people like the other writers at Sif Pop finding a place to find community and to also find a voice and find an outlet. That's what gets me excited about this new chapter of Sif Pop. Uh, a lot of my attention and time is dedicated to my full time job, which is now working for Cinema Sins. And I'm just I'm glad that there's enough interest in this thing that I started as an outlet for me for it to become an outlet for other people. And that is that is what I'm passionate about. That's what I get excited about. Sometimes I'll just hang out on the the Sif Pop dis, uh, not Discord. Almost, uh, it's not Discord. It's uh, Slack. I'll hang out on the Sif Pop Slack and just watch you guys talk. And I'm just like, that makes me so happy. You know what I mean? Like there's just there's something really cool there. And I don't know if it's just because I'm old and I'm getting to that place where it's just like somebody's gotta take the range someday. <laughs> or or what it is. But it's it's just it's it's really cool and really exciting. And I love what uh love what you all are are doing with it. And you know, it really does become uh in many ways the property of of all of you, you know. And uh, I love that. That's what I get excited about. Well, I, I feel like that's a good time to plug. Normally, we wait for this at uh, at the end, but uh, uh, it, if you want to be part of that community, if you're listening, want want a place to have a voice, uh, Sif Pop is that place. Uh, if you want to write about movie reviews, if you want to write on the best ever challenge uh, at, uh, weekly at Sif Pop, um, this is this is a good time to do it. Uh, I mean, we're always interested in in exploring uh, different avenues to give people and. Uh, 
Uh, if that's something that you're interested in being a part of, we would love to to have a have a conversation with that. So, like, DM me on Twitter, D, uh, DM the uh, the Sif Pop Twitter, uh, DM Aaron something. Uh, just uh, just try to get plugged in, and if that's something that you've kind of been interested in, maybe thinking about, uh, we would we would love to have that. Uh, uh, we we would love to see the Sif Pop family grow. That's uh, always totally. a goal. Yeah, totally. And so, speaking of plugs, uh, Aaron, I've done the plug for Sposkers a couple times. How about uh, how about we hear it from your end this time? Oh, sure. Uh, so the Sposkers uh, are coming up. Man, when does this this will this will drop? Like two days before the Oscars, right? Like uh, the Wednesday before. So yeah, like Wednesday. four days. Okay. Yeah. So uh, as you're hearing this, if you're hearing this in the first couple days of release uh, this weekend, we will be doing a live show. Uh, during the Oscar broadcast, where we react to the wins, uh, we talk about our opinions on you know what wins on the show itself, all that fun stuff. Uh, we don't play the show for you. You'll have to watch the show yourself, you know, and then we'll be on a second screen, kind of watching it with you. Um, but then, in in addition to that, is the contest, and actually, that's kind of become the primary part of the broadcast. Is people <laughs> tune in to to see who's going to win. Uh, with their Oscar picks. So if you want to be part of that, whether you can watch the show or not, would love to have your picks. Uh, just go to the website, sifpop.com, and then just click where it says Sposkers uh, up at the top. And if you click there, it'll take you to a a Google form where you'll just pick the uh, the winners. It's all there. You just select. Sorry, I can't play news from forum yet. So- sorry. Um, <laughs> my, my Google heard, heard her name. I apologize if that came through uh, the microphone. So anyhow, yeah. So you will you'll be able to do that, be part of it, have a good time, um, and then maybe even win. The prize, by the way, is simply uh, you get to have us uh, shout out or say anything on the podcast within reason. Uh, and uh, I always throw that caveat on there, just uh, just in uh, case. Look, there is the possibility Frank could win this year. So <laughs> that's right. That's that. The caveat exists because let's just be frank. Uh, so, so yes, uh, the, if you if you would like to do that, the prize is uh, you just send us what you want to say. We'll give a shout out and uh, say it on the podcast, and and it'll be a lot of fun. So, so yeah, there'll be the contest uh, for everybody, and then there'll be a separate contest for the Sif Pop Gurus, uh, which includes all the uh, the Sif Pop guests and uh, the writers from the website, all that kind of fun stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, and as a quick reminder, if you want to get in on that Google form, just go to sifpop.com and click on Sposkers. That should take you to the form. If you want to, for some reason, go for three different redirects, we'll have it on Facebook Facebook and Twitter and and all those things. Uh, and the live show uh, will be hosted on YouTube. And so YouTube, hit that subscribe button if you, ha- if you haven't yet. And um, uh, we'll post those links out on Twitter and all that as well. So yeah, um, plenty of ways to, to make sure you catch along. Uh, have that have that opportunity and uh, and one yep. one last question something not media related uh, okay. just just uh just before we move on and that's uh we know this expression the best thing since since sliced bread but mm-hmm. what's the yeah. best thing before sliced bread the best thing before sliced bread yeah do am i just supposed to know when <laughs> sliced bread was invented <laughs> uh, look like, look if any know. if anybody knows the answer to that question it's you <laughs> I'm gonna guess in the 40s. That's what I'm gonna guess. It was after the war, but it could have been before that. Like sold sliced bread. 1928, a bakery in Chillicothe, Missouri. Was close. So Missouri, you're 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 stomping grounds. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, 
Listen, we in, Wait, we invented. Is, is Mo Missouri? Or is that Montana? <laughs> yes, yes. Mo is <laughs> is Missouri. Okay, so the best thing before 1928, probably air flight. I'm gonna say, which had happened there at the the turn of the the century. There, that seems pretty important. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna go as uh, air flight is the the best thing before. Uh, so I mean, you could go back and be like fire. Like <laughs> making fire, but I'm you know we go something more more recent than that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the downfall of the Roman Empire. Or <laughs> that was a know. bummer. That was just such a bummer. You know, those Romans were such good people. <laughs> uh, maybe I watched a different HBO show than you. And had, <laughs> had, had, oh no! Had, had I was trying to teacher. partake in what's called facetiousness. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, so we'll get back into the media conversation. This will be a fun one too because we do this coming attraction. So this movie that's coming out this week. So this is dropping on uh, on Friday or Wednesday. Wow, sorry, Wednesday, uh, April. That'll be the twenty first. Mm-hmm. And uh, coming out on twenty third, we got Mortal Kombat coming uh, to theaters and HBO Max simultaneously. HBO Max for thirty days, theaters for until it gets pulled. Um, and so, which I saw, like I walked to the theater to go see Godzilla versus Kong and the Croods two was still playing. And I was like, why? Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so who something. knows? Mortal Kombat could be still playing in November. We'll see. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, so this will be interesting too, because, uh, just uh, obviously you're a part of the no frames movement. So I'm interested to see like, what, what all do you like process in, uh, in terms of, uh, before a movie, but the synopsis for this one is uh, is uh, a, a MMA fighter Cole Young seeks out Earth's greatest champions in order to stand against the enemies of Outworld in a high stakes battle for the universe. And so the anticipation scale that we have here is, it, let's say this is just theatrical release. Let's say there's no COVID, everything is right in the world. It's it's back to the old normal. Uh, what it, do you think you'd be going opening weekend? Wait to catch a matinee. Wait till you can rent it at home. It's on a streaming service you already pay for. Or are you just not interested in watching this movie? Well, first of all, let's be clear. Uh, I not only take part in the zero frames movement, uh, I established the zero frames movement. Uh, <laughs> so let's just let's just get that down there. Um, no, yeah, I am I'm the kind of person who likes to know as little as possible going into every movie I watch. Uh, I have that privilege because I watch almost every movie. Not everybody has that privilege. I understand that. Uh, you have to use something to determine what to go see or what to spend your money on. I would encourage you to lean more on word of mouth from friends, uh, critics, those kind of things, as opposed to trailers. Trailers are not going to be the best help to you to understand if you should spend your money on something. They are designed to manipulate and trick you and often will ruin some you know wonderful things in the movie. It's very true. Uh, so everything I know about Mortal Kombat, I just learned by listening to you read uh, the synopsis. Uh, <laughs> that is that is the first information I know about this movie, other than obviously I know about the video game. And that, uh, that whenever you say Mortal Kombat, there's this weird instinct to yell it, uh, or you know, whatever <laughs> the case may be. Uh, because of that, I don't generally have much of a you know, anticipation level on a movie like this. My anticipation levels are going to fluctuate for uh, movies in universes or from IP that I'm already invested in. Anticipation level for Pixar movies, just because they're Pixar. Anticipation level for Star Wars movies, just because they're Star Wars. Anticipation level for Marvel movies, just because they're Marvel. Uh, Basically, anticipation for Disney movies (laughs) of all sorts. (laughs) Uh, Sure. 
so so for something like this, um, just based on what you just read me, um, I I also have to pretend that I'm not going to see it no matter what, like because <laughs> of my job. Yeah, yeah. So I have to I have to go to a world where I don't just see movies, and this would be a streaming probably for me. Um, okay. I wouldn't say never watch, but it's close to that. If I if I weren't a movie critic, I was just you know. Uh, normie uh i i don't know that i would watch this but i probably would if it was free on streaming i'd probably watch it i think i'm like almost exactly where you are but i'm i'm more optimistic uh i don't super have a history with the mortal kombat games uh, i didn't grow up playing the original ones i think the first one i played was mortal kombat versus dc universe which is a terrible game absolutely awful um but uh, i i played Mortal Kombat 10 a little bit. That one, that one's pretty fun. That's where they started having the cinematic story. And I, I've seen the original Mortal Kombat movie from the nineties and you could not pay me enough money to watch <laughs> Mortal Kombat Annihilation. So, uh, yeah, I mean, within reason, you know, pay me enough and I'll watch any movie, <laughs> but, uh, but like Mortal Kombat was just such a terrible movie. And I know people still hold that one. Like they're like, well, it's not Annihilation. I'm like, sure. But we're, we're talking from, potentially a half star to like one star out of five, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, I I don't, I don't have as much history with this IP, but I think it's an interesting concept. I just, I think that this has the potential to go so wrong. I don't anticipate it going that way. Uh, just based off of the, the content, the, some of the cast, I'll, I'll be very vague, um, about that to give you the freshest experience, but the, the, the writers, the directors, like there's a lot of, opportunities for this to go wrong and there's a lot of opportunities for it to go right and if we're going off past experience if we just got those two movies and look sure movies have changed remember the old laura croft tomb raider movies that and now we have mm-hmm. the alicia vikander one which is a pretty solid movie um at least definitely in comparison uh i yeah i i just i i'm cautiously optimistic and um i I think the thing that nails it in streaming as opposed to maybe something more like rent or matinee is that how much of this, the reason why we love Mortal Kombat is for the experience of playing the game. Uh, I know you're not a gamer, but like, I feel like a lot of that joy comes from being able to hit the joysticks and the buttons to, um, to, to make sure that we're the person that's putting on the finishing move. You know what I talked about earlier with the, the three sections that I look at as a story, you know, of a story impacting me. It's very possible. And it would be so exciting and cool if this movie did find a way to challenge me intellectually, move me, and also entertain me. I have the sneaking suspicion that this movie just wants to entertain me. Um, and then it's not really going to play with my brain or heart very much. Sure. Uh, so, you know, that's just kind of, that's th- that would be my assumption, but that's not based on any kind of hard facts. That's just based on what the game was and, you know, what the game is known for, the finishing moves and... And that kind of stuff. And, you know, that's all gut stuff. That's all, you know, entertainment uh, kind of stuff. But so was Godzilla versus Kong. And I had a good time with that. So, you know. Well, and like you mentioned on one of the recent BECs on Sif Pop, like Pacific Rim managed to do that for you. It Uh, did. And that's personally my favorite movie of 2013. I know it's like not a great movie, but it's definitely my favorite for that year. Partly because I went in and I wanted Transformers versus Godzilla and I got actually kind of a smart script and mm-hmm. some yeah. characters I cared about and yep. it, some amazing performances, particularly Idris Elba. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, I really love that movie. And, uh, yeah, me too. 
I, I want every movie to be like that, especially ones where you're like, I just want to see Sub-Zero versus Luke, uh, not Luke Cage, uh, mm-hmm. um, because Luke Cage Marvel, there's another Johnny Cage, I think. Uh, well, no, that's Ghost Rider, whatever. This is too many Cage. <laughs> I want to see Sub-Zero versus uh, Raiden and like just have that experience. And if it winds up being more than awesome, I, I, sure. like I, said, I think I'm just cautiously optimistic, but I, sure. That's good. I, ho- I hope to be I better. try to be optimistic about every movie. But even movies like the rhythm section, I t- I tried. <laughs> I didn't know anything about the rhythm section going into it. I think I was cautiously optimistic about that. I mean, I knew uh, whoever is it Blake Lively that's in that. I don't. I didn't I see it. I'm pretty sure. Um, I apologize if I'm wrong about that, but I remember whoever was in it. I I like them. Yeah. And so you know, but it 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 did not uh, did not deliver. That's for sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, out of vagueness and out of we just don't know. Um, a, a, I think I'm ready to move on. Sure. I think I've, both, I've gotten the chance to say everything I wanted to. Did you have anything sure. else? Final thoughts? No. No. Cool. I'm good. Well, we'll move on to TV. Uh, we'll talk about that for for a hot second. And uh, the the question I got to know is, Dyson, what do you have access to? What are the things that you're like excited about? And uh, like, uh, I have HBO, Disney Plus, Apple TV, um, Paramount Plus. And, I'm sure I'm missing a couple, but I've said it several times. Like, what what's the things that uh, uh, that you keep up with? Streaming services. Like, yeah. what am I subscribed to? Pretty much everything, um, and pretty much the ad free on everything. Yeah. Uh, I uh, the only one that I'm not, and that I'm not interested in because it just seems even too niche for me. Is they're doing a big push for Discovery Plus right now. And I'm just like, ah, do I really want to spend money on Discovery Plus? Somebody's just going to put that in their streaming service a year from now. You know, somebody's yeah. going to scoop that up. And so uh, that's really genuinely the only one I can think of that I haven't pulled the trigger on. Uh, other than like smaller ones, like I don't do Shutter. That yeah. doesn't appeal to me. I don't even do Criterion, although that does appeal to me. But yeah. but some of those more more niche ones I don't do. But I do. All the all the big ones, all the ones you mentioned, you know, Netflix, Hulu, Paramount Plus, Disney Plus, HBO Max, sure. uh, you know, kind of cover all those bases. I feel uh, like if there was one niche one I was going to go for, it would be I mean, either Criterion, but probably more so movie. And I just mm-hmm. I, I just don't have the time and movies a little bit hard accessibility. It's not built into a lot of TVs. There's no Xbox app, things like that. When it comes to movies not television, I have so much access based on my physical media library, uh, based on my other streaming library. You know, the the big studios have their own streamings, you know, all the Paramount stuff. I shouldn't say all of it. They they sometimes get choosy about what they put on their platform. But, you know, Disney stuff is all on their streaming service. Paramount should be on theirs. Warner should be on HBO Max. So it's like I have access to pretty much everything that I would want to watch movie-wise anyway. So, and I understand that's kind of the point of some of those smaller streamers is to find the independent niche stuff that you aren't going to, you know, find in the big, big studios. But, you know, I figure if there's something like that, I can take it on a case by case basis. I'd also throw a shout out for uh, Poker Go. I'm a big poker fan and I subscribe to Poker uh, Poker Go. Lots of great content there if you love poker. So, and then uh, I almost pulled the plug on the PDGA uh, subscription. I did not, however, mm. that would be the professional disc golfers association. Sure. Uh, love myself some disc golf. Uh, but do you play I or just watch? Uh, both. 
Yeah, nice. I play and play and watch. In fact, I uh, I uh, sprained a muscle playing uh, a couple days ago. So I, I play. I'm, I'm just in terrible recovery. at it. So oh, I'm terrible too. I'm very very bad. I'm very bad. Yeah, very bad. And uh, yeah, I, I and kind of like what you said about Discovery Plus. Like, I don't know that I'm interested in that. Partly because I already have most of National Geographic stuff on Disney Plus. Like, maybe if that wasn't a thing, right? Maybe I'd be interested in Discovery Plus, but it's still probably not. Yeah, um, my wife probably uses the National Geographic stuff on Disney Plus more than mm-hmm. actual Disney content. But yeah, to each their own, and uh, yep. it doesn't cost me any extra money. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just I, I I feel like that's a good question to throw out there because like look, I don't I don't have Showtime, Stars, Cinemax, nothing like that, and so like sorry, like I'm not going to talk about American Gods or anything right. on on those channels, and so like I feel right. that's a good just kind of get get a pool for even. Mm-hmm. Even what there's access to, so yep, cool. So, uh, so then, what do what are the things that you're watching now? Like, what are the things you, you're like, uh, you know, either you want to go like week to week stuff or just like things that things well, that you've you tell been me. watching. Like, if we're talking about television, I mean, I can pull up my app and I can tell you, you know, like the history of of what I've watched over the last couple of weeks, or I can tell you the shows that I'm subscribed to, so that when there are new episodes, I see them. I, I think um, I think I want to start with three big ones here. Uh, we'll do the okay. the uh, the two new Disney Plus shows, uh, Mighty Ducks Game Changers and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, uh, which you'll get to talk more about on – well, it will have will have talked about more on Sunday. Uh, and uh-huh. did, did you get a chance to check check out The Nevers yet? I haven't. Uh, I Man, I am starting to get saturated with quote-unquote adult superhero stuff. And, sure. And again, let me say – I don't even know that the Nevers is that. That's just the impression I got through a press release I read. Um, sure. That it was kind of like X-Men or something. Uh, but a more uh, adult take. It's more like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. But Fair enough. But Fair good. Enough. <laughs> <laughs> if I hear enough good things about it, I will check into it. I had the same opinion about Invincible. Same thing quote unquote adult superhero stuff. I feel like I feel like all these things are trying to explore the same things that the boys are and the boys just got there first and are doing yep. it in, su- in in such an extreme way that I just don't know what what's added to the plate uh through all these. Now, that doesn't mean there can't be a reason uh to watch, but at some point I'm I'm just I'm going to reach my saturation level and I'm getting really really close. Well, and at this point too, the boys has had two seasons, two mm-hmm. 10 hour seasons to everybody else right. playing catch up at this point. So like, right. and the boys is a very, very fast paced show. Like they mm-hmm. don't, they don't spend time just dwelling on stuff. They, like there's a lot of stuff that happens each season. So yeah, I, I haven't checked out invincible yet. Uh, that's on my, on my queue. I've heard great things about it. Um, yeah, you're, the first, I, you're the first person I've just not heard say that you loved it. Well, I, I, well, I haven't really said whether I loved it or not. Um, <laughs> I, I wasn't going to watch it until I heard good things about it because, uh, I, again, I just feel like these these bases have been covered. Yep. And then enough people said they loved it that I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And uh, it's it's good. It's it's good. It, it, but I'm I think I'm getting to my saturation level. I just I'm like, yeah, I get it. Superheroes when you you know allow it to be violent. You know, it's violent because they're really strong. <laughs> okay, sure. I I get it, but do something do something more with the story that I haven't seen before or something. But I just sure I, I just haven't seen that yet. But it's 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 good. I get why people love it. It's done okay. well. 
I'll check. I'll check it out soon. Uh, I'm sure I will. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I want to go back to the Nevers then, since you haven't seen this. I, I'm actually really liking this show. There's only one episode released by the time that we're recording. Mm-hmm. There'll be another one on Sunday. Uh, and uh, I watched it last night, and I, I'm pleasantly surprised. I was a little hesitant uh, getting into it, um, mm-hmm. par- partly due to, I mean, this is a Joss Whedon created thing, and I feel like look that like separate art from artist and and that's all good uh but uh, you know for most occasions this also like he was in the middle of producing this when a lot of that bad stuff started coming out and so i just mm-hmm. wondered yeah. if that would affect the final product and uh i i'm genuinely pretty surprised uh i i had a good time it's uh it's victorian era so that's something that's a little different i don't know how much okay. stuff there's been in the victorian era uh in in england there's all the actors are unfamiliar to me um they're pretty much like irish and mm-hmm. scottish actress actors and actresses and um I, I i'm having a good time with it there's there's kind of a creative element it's i would say it's kind of along the line of something like heroes if heroes was done on hbo instead of nbc mm-hmm. um so yeah and maybe a little less gossip girly so <laughs> <laughs> um I, I i really enjoyed it and i'm excited to see where it's only six episodes an hour each so uh, i'll be for sure be be continuing this one but well that is something i do dig about kind of the new mini series uh idea of modern television which isn't isn't technically a, a new idea in fact you know uh england's been doing it this way forever uh so but it, i i do enjoy the the understanding of my investment yeah. you know and yeah that's that's cool and I, and i don't know if it's meant to be a mini series or if it's hoping to get a season 2 um I I think most things are hoping to get a season two, except for maybe some of the more direct stuff like WandaVision. And right. I'm not sure if Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going for a season two, but that maybe that's a good transition. What, what are your thoughts on that so far? Well, uh, let's see. I've seen four episodes. By the time this comes out, there'll be a fifth episode out. Yeah. And I will really like, like stray away from big spoilers. I, I well, I was. Yeah, I don't I don't think I need to spoil it to say yeah. I'm really enjoying it. Like really enjoying it, but I understand that a, a large percentage of that enjoyment is just the Marvel Universe aspect of it. Um, do we call it the MTU, uh, or is do we still say MCU? Can TV be cinematic? I think it can, um, but it's not technically the cinema. MTV. Um, <laughs> whatever the case, uh, it, I, let's just go to expanded. Uh, the yeah. MEU, the Marvel Expanded Universe, uh, is is really uh, my cup of tea. And I'm just, I'm loving the ability to focus in on these characters and expand our understanding and our love for them. Uh, I love the lethal weapon uh, aspect of the relationship between the two of them. I think that's really good. Their chemistry is really fun. Love Anthony Mackie. I love that Marvel can bring Don Cheadle off the bench for five minutes and just slay a scene. Um, <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I just, I love, they they have such an advantage with what they've created and they're using it. They're using their advantage to make great stuff, compelling stuff. Yeah. Story-wise, I, story-wise, I don't know where it's going. So there's a lot to be said still mm-hmm. as to how that impacts, but I have felt the... Um, the tiptoe nature of trying to figure out how to expand a story that is basically a movie. You can tell this is basically, you could do this as a movie and not lose a ton. So there's a little bit of stretching out of some aspects of this that I can feel, but 
Yeah, that's probably my one of my two negatives with the with this show. I, I'm having a good time so far. I'm nowhere near the level of loving this as much as I was WandaVision. So part of that is I, WandaVision was something wholly unique from mm-hmm. anything we've seen in the MCU. And this feels just like the Winter Soldier Part 2 or... Mm-hmm. This this feels just like a Captain America continuation continuation and like that's the point, uh, but I, I so far there has been nothing about this show that feels um, anything different and at least for the for the TV stuff I, I almost expect different uh, and maybe that's on me and uh, but I just I don't feel like why well, you couldn't have condensed this and made this and the next movie well you and you and I are on the absolute uh, same page on this I am always going to prefer the creativity of something like WandaVision to this, but there are many people different than us who this is what they were waiting for. Like WandaVision was annoying to them. Like they had to get through that weird TV stuff to get to any of the stuff they were waiting for. And you and I, I think are opposite of that where it's like that weird TV stuff was awesome. Like that was, that made it something and it, it played with the themes of the show in such interesting ways. And but for many, many people, this is what they were waiting for. And sure. especially the fact that Disney isn't uh, pulling any punches on the action. Like yeah. the action in this TV show is movie quality action. It's just insane. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like just with WandaVision coming out and the announced Loki and What If series and the She-Hulk series coming out, like I feel like all these sort of warrant um, extended time, but I, I just don't feel like Falcon and the Winter Soldier has earned it. And even with its time it's had, um, I felt like this has been very rushed. Uh, this feels like maybe it was intended to be 10 episodes and then they got budget cuts and it went down to six or something like that. Like specifically uh, episode four, the the character of John Walker is so dramatically different from where we leave him in season or in, in episode three, mm-hmm. and that was com- so bothersome to me the whole yep. episode. And like I get that the the story is trying to take him somewhere, and so you got to get him from point A to point B, but it just feels like they just went straight from it as opposed to building that. It's it's very uh, Game of Thrones season eight, right? Like it's yes. it's very we got to get people places, and there's no time to, to character development to get them there. Totally agree. That was my my biggest problem with episode four uh, yeah. was um, that heel turn, uh, so to speak, was just so crazy. Well, and I'm and I'm wondering too, like maybe maybe it just feels rushed because because they're adding in elements that I don't know how necessary are. Like, look, I love the Dora Milaje in here, but I don't know how necessary they are to this series at least mm-hmm. at this point. Um, yeah. And I mean, I think the Sharon Carter stuff is going to pay off in a big way, but is, is it was that just more so like a, Hey, remember Sharon Carter? Or is that, again, I think it is leading to something pretty big uh, with her character, but um, the, I don't know, maybe they're just trying to do too much. And uh, I don't know. It's still overall, it's still working for me. I'm still enjoying it. I'm still having a good time. I just, I just don't want to have all these stories be, pick or choose whether or not they go to the big screen like oh well falcon and winter soldier aren't the most popular characters so we'll just kind of set them aside and let them do their thing and actual fans will will check them out and it probably won't have any overall bearance on the plot i mean maybe doc wandavision has a huge effect on on dr strange at least probably right (laughs) like how do you not (laughs) that's the idea Mm mm-hmm um so but i I don't know that necessarily we're getting anywhere here uh with this and like i'm still enjoying it i'm just i'm just wondering the the decision to do it as a show and kind of handling it in that way 
have really nice things to say about a lot of it, specifically the acting. Um, uh, I mean, of course, Anthony Mackie is a great actor, and I think Sebastian Stan, especially as Bucky, is a little underrated in in some regards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, great. But, but he, I mean, I feel like his screen time has also kind of made him a pretty underutilized character. Mm-hmm. Uh, but specifically, I'm really liking the the John, the actor that plays John Walker. I can't remember the actor's name, but he's in that White Russell episode. Wyatt Russell, yeah, yeah. It's a uh, it's a uh, Kurt Russell's son. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, he, but like he's in that Black Mirror episode, and he's great in that. And um, I, I, he's definitely grown in the past couple of years since that one is uh, the where he's like the virtual reality soldier mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the uh, Zemo back. Um, I love me some Daniel Bruhl and uh, uh, the 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 actress that uh, was in Solo playing the re- rebellion leader. That's playing mm-hmm. another young rebellion leader here too. I, th- I think she's pretty great. Yeah, I think so too. And yeah, the, like you said, the action is just great. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it, it it feels cinematic quality. So totally. So what? So what do you think about Mighty Ducks? Then now you mentioned recently that you like saw the Mighty Ducks movies recently, and uh, and I know you said you had a good time watching the or not recently, but a while ago, and you said that you enjoyed the pilot. Uh, but I, I'm really loving the show. Oh, good. Uh, I think it's just it's it's a. I, I mean, excuse the, uh, I guess it's not a pun, but excuse the direct reference to the <laughs> episodes themselves, but it's like eating cake. Uh, it is, you know, there's, there's, there's something fun about it and there's, you know, it's, it's pleasant, but it's, it's not, it's not nutritional. <laughs> like, there's the, like there's so much cliche and trope and, yeah. you know, all that stuff. Now things are cliches and tropes for a reason because they work. Uh, but yeah, it is just, it's very, very Disney channel yeah. to me, like not, not Disney movie, Disney channel. And that's, that's an interesting distinction. Um, but so was high school musical and that was great. Uh, so, you know, like there's, there, there's an element of this that I'm enjoying. I will tell you this. I come away from every episode going, do I want to watch the next episode? I'm not sure I want to watch the next episode. Yeah, I kind of want to watch the next episode. So I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm right there, uh, with with this show where it's just like I'm enjoying it enough, and I like these characters enough, especially the adults, which is interesting because it's basically based on the children. Yeah. Uh, but I like the adult characters enough that I, you know, I'm sti- I'm sticking around. So I'm not loving it, but I'm having a good time with it. I was probably exactly where you are at the end of episode two. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but something about episode three just kind of made it feel like, okay, here's where we're going. And sure. It's still cliche and it's tropey and mm-hmm. you know exactly where it's going. But the more time we spend with the the mother character, Alex, and, uh, the more time we finally get to understand why Gordon Bombay has become the way that he has. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially that revelation in episode three, I thought was mm-hmm. understandable. I mean, maybe unnecessary for where we left him off at the He's going through the same thing he did in the original Mighty Ducks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, you know, to each their own, I guess. But but with the addition of even storylines, like, like the Coco Chad thing, I thought was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the more time we get to spend these characters, and now we're going to introduce Sophie uh, to the actual the Don't Bothers. I, I, I just like that. I don't like the Don't Bothers as a name. I think it's a terrible well, but that's the whole thing. point. That's yeah. the whole point. That's the whole point. Yeah. And I, But I really like how... Um, this uh, this show is really going for sports is meant to be fun, but kind of also like they said at the end of middle of episode two, like but losing isn't fun. So right. it's it's 
ha- managing to find that balance of both. And I, I think the mm-hmm. show is really starting to hit its stride. Uh, and yeah. to, to be something that I would say now I loved it, whereas last week I might have said it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm not quite – I'm still in the same place uh, with it. That's fair. Yeah, I I don't know if this is intending to be a a, a series. I, I I hope so at this point. Uh, do you have any like Do you have any standouts for the kids? I mean, I like I like the podcast kid. Um, <laughs> have like, more like, of a podcast body. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm rocking the pod bod, so I, I get it. Yeah, I uh, I to- I I I like him. I like all of them. Fine, yep. but. He's probably if if I have to pick a standout, he's probably my favorite. I think he's funny. I'd probably be right with with you, except that um, the the goalie was on America's Got Talent, and I know your feelings on that, and I totally <laughs> agree with your feelings. It is it is so effective, but such crap sometimes. <laughs> but mm-hmm. but I think still just experiencing that talent, and he's like a legitimate uh, singer, and he loves Broadway musicals, and mm-hmm. like anybody that's listening, like he, uh, Luke Islam is his name, and he's saying she used to be mine from Waitress, and it's just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Um, so I definitely recommend checking that out on YouTube. So it's probably just the prior experience with him. Um, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Uh, what do you want to talk about next? I, in what category? What are we looking at? Just, just the thing that you're excited to talk about next. Any like TV show? You mean? Yeah, TV show. Currently, I'm watching Masked Singer. Uh, this is this is my probably biggest piece of trash TV that I watch. <laughs> but I just I find it so fun. It's just what I like about it is there's a nice rhythm to it. There's a nice reveal at the end that's really fun. Uh, I find the banter enjoyable enough. Uh, and there's just the nothing beats the crazy mask coming off and being like, oh my goodness, that's such and such. Like it's a, it's a really fun thing. So yeah, I'm I'm enjoying Masked Singer. Uh, right now it's one of my favorites also the the costumes are so cool so elaborate yeah i gosh that's just not a show made for me and like i just told you i like america's got talent so you know take that what it is but Mm -hmm. uh but the the idea of i I think i wanted this show to be let's see a celebrity perform and then let's see them reveal who they actually are and how long does that show last six Mm -hmm. episodes before everybody's done with it but because they've structured it the way they have, I mean, this is why TV executives are way smarter than I am. And uh, and that's why they get paid the big bucks, because this it, it already spawned a spinoff, The Masked Dancer, which I watched with my wife because she's a dancer. And uh, it's, it's it's OK. I'd rather watch have, The Singer. It's so weird. I have no desire to watch The Masked Dancer. And I don't know. I don't know why it's so different. Um, but the, but The Masked Singer, I'm totally into. It's just like if Abby wasn't such a big dancer, then probably we wouldn't have watched it. I remember we tried out the Mass Singer, but it was just not what we wanted. So it's it's look, it's probably not worth your time. It's but uh, the Mass Dancer, but yeah, I, I feel like if I want to watch the Mass Singer, I want to watch just the performances and just the reveal and just fast forward through what probably eighty percent of the rest of the episode. Well, that's a lot of reality competition shows are like that, though. That's true. You know, I do um, fast forward through a lot of America's Got Talent. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. how I can stand to watch it. <laughs> yeah. I'm also watching, speaking, we'll just keep it in the area of uh, trash reality television. I'm also watching uh, The Challenge finish up its uh, latest season, uh, which is a lot of fun. And they just launched Challenge All-Stars on Paramount+. Plus, So I'm watching that as well. Um, that's a fun reality competition show for me. Top Chef, another fun reality comp- competition show for me. Uh, just kicked off a new season. Uh, so I'm watching that. Uh, Penn and Teller Fool Us continues to deliver. 
really enjoy that show. Uh, Mythic Quest comes back tomorrow, so I'm excited to to see that come back. That's on Apple uh, TV Plus. Okay. Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Really love that. So That's yeah. on my queue. Those are some of the ones I'm watching. Yeah, I uh, I, I'm not watching any of those, and I don't I don't really gravitate towards those like competitive reality tv shows mm-hmm. um, unless they're done in a unique way like I, I love wipeout and i haven't checked out any of the new john cena hosted wipeout but like it's definitely on my queue i would really love to mm-hmm. like that's kind of my reality competitive shows i'm not interested in survivor or um the the great you're missing the, out man you're missing out look, it's so good that's, it's that's so good <laughs> i believe you and that's fine uh but I just it, I like I like the food ones um, with uh, like chopped and uh, mm-hmm. um, I, I'm maybe not Top Chef but Top Chef Top Chef Junior for sure um, and uh, if there's nothing else on beat Bobby Flay <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah I've watched a uh, a few episodes of Keenan as well the new uh, sitcom uh, from Keenan um, and it's okay it's pretty good. It's uh, I'm still watching, so you know, kind of in that that Mighty Ducks realm of kind of know what's going on here, but I smile enough and chuckle enough to to keep watching it. I really love him. I think he's better on SNL uh, okay. than in this in this sitcom. Um, but he also has oh, what's the guy's? Is it Chris Red? I think is the guy's name that's also on SNL and on on his show. Oh, um, uh, prop. I think so. I think yeah. I, I'll look it up just to make sure, but. It is uh, he. He's my favorite in the TV show. I think his sense of humor really translates well to that show, and I think he and Keenan play uh, play off of each other really, really well. Okay. Yeah, it's Chris Red. Nice. I like Keenan Thompson. Uh, I like some of the individual SNL members, but I just can't do that show. Uh, I just recently tried again, and it's most skits are a complete flop for me. And occasionally you get like a rare gold nugget, like you get like a Stefan on the weekend update or you get, um, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, yeah, you're describing SNL. All right. That is, (laughs) that's what it always has been from the the beginning of time. The like Uh, undercover boss with Kylo Ren, like some great nuggets. Yeah. So I'll I'll let you skip it for me. There was a great takedown this week on Ammonite in Portrait of a Lady on Fire where they did, um, what they call it, um, coming to theaters lesbian romance movie and they just like completely took like those movies down it was so funny um and that's the thing uh there there are some nights of snl where there's nothing and that's that's gonna happen every once in a while but usually there's at least one like that's great and that, that continues to happen for me so i i continue to dvr it and watch it on sunday yeah, and the the weekend update guys are are really good. I like them a lot. Uh, I mean, they're no Seth Meyers and Amy Poehler, but they I like them. Yeah. Um, I just I don't I don't understand how that show's still on the air. Uh, but I like but I like the career opportunities that it's given a lot of comedians. I mean, so. that's why. I mean, it's an institution. That's why yeah. it's still on the air. It's an institution. It serves a purpose in the entertainment complex. Um, yeah, it just keeps going. Sure. Um, I watched Alan V. Faro. Did you get around to this one? I don't even I don't even know what that is. This is uh, the Woody Allen and Dylan Farrow case. Oh, okay. Uh, it's the HBO, okay, no. okay, it's the HBO docuseries. It's only four parts. And um, I, only, I, I am genuinely not interested uh, in in this at all. But I, uh, I'm excited to hear your thoughts. I, I only watched it uh, because I feel like Woody Allen's one of those names that there's a lot of people who are 
against him working in pop culture. And I just never really understood why uh, I did brief Wikipedia research. And it was like, okay, well, a lot of this seems, you know, circumstantial, mm-hmm. especially because this is the nineties we're talking about uh, before video cameras or like, mm-hmm. well, before phones, uh, smartphones. Um, and before people started to take this stuff serious, like super seriously. So um, I just, um, I, I felt like I wanted to know the story and this, I felt this did a good job of, it definitely has its bias. It's definitely trying to, to, to go out there and say that Woody Allen definitely molested his adopted daughter, Dylan Faro. But I think it's also interesting. They use excerpts from his audiobook. They mentioned that he declined interviews. They mentioned like other interviews that he's done. Like they use his words, um, I don't want to say against him, but they definitely like let that factor into the story. They're like, let, let's give his side of the story as much as we can. Uh, but also they're definitely trying to portray him as, um, as somebody who is, who who is guilty. And uh, I, I definitely felt that way, but it's maybe just not enough research. And I, I think this also made me kind of reevaluate my stance on separate the art, art versus, versus the artist and um, how it's such a complicated topic. Because um, mm-hmm. sure. to me, to me, it used to just be a blanketed statement. Sure, like yes, Joss Whedon is now a terrible person, but I still love the Avengers, and I'm still going to watch the Nevers. And well, but then Firefly you have to talk about still... what it, what does it mean to be a terrible person? What is it? You know, how, how who draws what lines? How do you draw those lines? Who do you believe? What you know, this is why I just for me, I have to separate that stuff because uh, because I, I there's no way I can know. There's just no way I can know. Sure. There's a when there's a preponderance of evidence that somebody has acted in a certain way. Let's go just to the the worst of the worst. Let's just go to, you know, Weinstein, right? Like yeah. when there's this this preponderance of evidence that somebody has been an awful person to so many people and with so many reports and and all those kind of things, then yes, as a human being I can go that sounds like an awful person. But yeah. what does that mean to me? Do I know Harvey Weinstein? I don't. Uh, do I have a way to uh, help with the the situations? Not in a direct way, maybe in an indirect way. And that is that is the only thing I can take out of it is the challenge to be who I need to be uh, and to call out uh, bad behavior with those around me or in myself, be aware of my own biases. Like all that stuff's important. But as far as assessing guilt and innocence and how that impacts the work of somebody, you know, um, every movie produced by the Weinsteins, do I have to hate those movies? Like, that's such an interesting question because there are so many people involved. It's the same question to me as do you eat at Chick-fil-A or do you, you know, do what like it's just like we have to understand that we live in a complex world with a lot of different people who have done a lot of different awful things. And there, you know, there's, it's just, it's, it's a never ending impossibility to try to live that kind of what you might call a pure life in that sense. You know, I'm never going to partake in anything. I'm never going to watch anything where somebody involved in it, you know, was, uh, has done something horrible. I just, I don't understand how you do that. I don't, I don't understand I, 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 it's, it's just one of those things. I, I don't get it. I never got it. I, I didn't go get it growing up in the church when, when the church would boycott Disney or, you know, whatever the case may be because they had a gay day or whatever. And it's like, what, what is that? What do you think you're doing? 
What right. do you, like what what do you think this is serving? And I, you know, I just good apparently you know <laughs> good job nobody remembers <laughs> Disney's still out here right, making a billion right. dollars every yeah. movie. Really really hurt Disney guys. <laughs> Great job. Like I just I don't get that stuff overall. I don't get I don't get boycotts. I don't get the idea of here's where I get it. Here's where I land. If your knowledge uh, or supposed knowledge of somebody's actions impact your ability to enjoy something, I get that totally. I have friends who can't listen to Michael Jackson songs anymore. I get that, like you, because you have a connection that when you listen to them, you think these things or think about him or what he's done. I don't have that same disenjoyment when I listen to Billie Jean or something. I think it's an amazing song and I enjoy the song. I don't connect it to those other things uh, in that way that affects my enjoyment. But if it does, I'm not judging you. Like, yeah, don't listen to it. I totally get that. I totally understand that. And I think there probably is a line uh, somewhere. I have trouble watching Louis C.K. comedy. Yeah. So there you go. There's there's my line. Like I I get I get why that happens, but that doesn't mean I'm a better person for not watching Louis C.K. comedy or that nobody should watch that comedy. You know what I mean? Like there's I I just think when we start to broadcast our own emotions and discomfort to others is where we start to get get in trouble. Um, yeah, I feel like that's a good way to frame it too. And yeah, I had trouble watching Louis C.K. comedy even before all the things came out about him because I think he's a <laughs> mediocre comedian, but at least on stage. But um, yeah, I, I just, I've only seen one Woody Allen movie. It's, it's Annie Hall because you're supposed to. And I, <laughs> right. it's a fine movie. I don't feel like I'm missing out on much. Um, it's, I, I don't feel like I need to watch it again. I don't, I don't love it. I, I think it's just okay. But how much of that is my knowledge going in? And when I watched it the first time, I was very vague on, on things, uh, that were, that he was accused mm-hmm. of. And I don't, I don't know how much time I want to spend on. I am not the person qualified to make the decision for you, whether or not you should think, Woody Allen is guilty or innocent. And I am apparently pretty biased just because I've only experienced one docu-series that was very much trying to portray him as guilty. Um, so I do not feel qualified to speak on that. Um, but, uh, well, but in, 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 with everything I said, I, you know, I, there's also this element of, there's this element of understanding the pain of the victims as well. Right. Yeah. Like there's a, this, this element of understanding for somebody that was victimized by somebody they're going to have extreme reactions to that person's art and extreme reactions to people saying that person's art is still good. Like, yeah. I I totally get that and I want to respect that and I want to empathize with that. I just think there's there's parts of human nature that naturally and importantly disconnect us from each other because we can't feel the pain of every other human being on the planet. We just can't. Nobody would get anything done it wouldn't, you know, like there, there is a reason we have community, like smaller community so that we can empathize and feel the pain of those in our smaller, you know, community. Now that doesn't excuse us from them broadening out and, you know, meeting new people and those kind of things. But at some point there's a line that you cross where you go, I, I can't be, re- I can't be, none of us can be responsible for the pain of the world. We, j- we just can't. And, and that's hard. That's yeah. difficult. That's really difficult. Uh, and I think we have to give each other the grace to act in our world in a way um, that, that makes sense to us. Um, 
But yeah, I, I get that it's sticky. I, 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 I love Match Point. That's my favorite Woody Allen movie. Okay. Um, I think it's really, really good. I know Manhattan's thrown around a lot too, and maybe yeah. maybe it's just I'm not a New Yorker. I've been to New York once when I was like six. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. I, I just I, I don't I don't see an in, I don't have an interest in experiencing more in part based off of my personal feelings towards him as well as if if Annie Hall is supposed to be his best and I think it's just okay then I'm not really interested in seeking out more. Uh, yeah. But I, I just don't think that there's. I, I don't know that there's enough for me to definitively say Woody Allen shouldn't be making any movies anymore. Um, at least, which yeah, at definitely. the end of the day isn't our choice anyway. We have no yeah. say in that, right? So, yeah, and I feel like that's a good place to end. I really appreciate all your thoughts on the. Uh, on well, it's saying. tricky. Like- it's it's tricky, and there's there's stuff to there are definitely landmines in those conversations, and I understand that. I don't ever want to stop having those conversations though, because I think it is important to be able to talk things, say them out loud. You know, there is a, there is context to everything we do. And if I'm having this conversation with somebody uh, who has been through something like this, I have it in a much different way. I, you, know, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's context to all of these things that I think we have to give each other grace for. The problem is our world has become so small because of technology that every conversation is used in every context. And so, yeah, it's, I, I, I don't ever want to stop having difficult conversations, but I am aware of the, um, the uh, possible landmines of, you know, talking about the things we've talked about. So, right. Yeah. Um, totally agree with all that. <laughs> what, uh, <laughs> and where do we go from here? Uh, how about something very lighthearted? Uh, I've been watching Recess a lot recently, uh, and di- it's it's my morning show. I put on an episode while I eat a bowl of cereal and get ready for my day. Uh, I just something about it. like this is not a good show, but it's it just hits me right in the nostalgia. And what what's that nostalgia f- show for you? What's what is, what are your childhood or getting ready? For, do do you do nostalgia trips often? Well, no, not really. I'm I'm much more of an intentional participator. I, I, I very much am, uh, if I have spare time to watch a movie, I know what list I'm going to, to pick the next movie I watch. Uh, if you know, I don't, I don't see any like downtime, like, I don't know what to do. I guess I'll throw on this thing that I love. Having said that I did recently go back to my favorite TV show of all time and watch, uh, uh, a bunch of it, which was a Dick Van Dyke show early in the, the pandemic. I, fa- I saw that that was on Hulu, I want to I say. I don't remember for sure. It was on one of the streamers. They had all the episodes. And I was like, oh, I want to go through this again. And so, yeah, I watched uh, I watched a few seasons of that. So, I mean, I, I do do that, but it was intentional. I was like, that is my, my thing that I'm going to do uh, when I have time to watch stuff is uh, watch Dick Van Dyke. Um, yes, it looks like, I love uh, it so much. looks like all five seasons are on Hulu and yeah. only one is on Prime Video. There so. you go. Don't go to Prime Video. Go to Hulu. <laughs> but some is better than none, right? So if you don't yeah. have Hulu. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I so just, yeah, that I, would be it for me. I, I feel like with Disney Plus, it's a perfect opportunity for me to revisit ones. And again, watching one during my lunch break or watching one during my uh, during my morning, like as I'm, as I'm having breakfast, like th- that's that's fun and that's harmless and it helps fill a little bit of time. And 
Uh, I feel mm-hmm. like I could also watch something like that at the gym. I've been watching a lot of documentaries or docu-series uh, when I go to the gym. And I I didn't actually get in trouble, but I did, felt bad because I didn't do my research. I watched uh, Becoming Bond and because uh, that's on Hulu. And there's uh, th- there's like two or three pretty brief naked scenes in that movie. And I was just watching that at the gym and it's like, oh, like probably time to turn this off. <laughs> so, <laughs> maybe. But like, I don't have to worry about that with recess. Or reminds me, it reminds like. me of the guy last time I was on a plane, which was forever ago, and the guy sitting right next to me and watching something on his iPad that was so full of sex. And I'm just like, you know, I, I mean, you do you, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I just would feel a little. I would feel self conscious. I'd be like, are there yeah. kids around? Like, well, but, and there's, uh, you know, there's also a difference between like depictions of very vague sex versus women's breasts and. You know, right. like that's just not something I want to subject anybody else to, you know, <laughs> non-consensually. So, and there was like somebody on a piece on a treadmill those, right behind those me. Women's and I'm like, breasts. I don't want to subject people to those. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, the humanity! <laughs> but the you know, there's a there was a person on the treadmill, like one behind me and one to the right, and I was just like, yeah, she's judging me, and I'm just gonna turn this off and turn on uh, like the an episode of transformers on netflix or something yeah like it's been a while I'm, I'm i'm a little bit more selective on things i watch there now fair enough um and i've been watching uh, this is sort of also a nostalgia trip I, I, gosh uh, you know these shows that you just like realize that they were for a certain time and they're probably not great and but like i still love them so i've, I've been re- re-watching las vegas and the whole thing that i've gone on two or three times about how this is a early 2000s show on NBC that had five seasons over a hundred episodes and is not available anywhere except for the DVDs. And that's just stupid on NBC's part. But, um, like they even I, have, I didn't, Peacock. Even, I didn't even know this was a show. I I'd never heard of this before. It's, it's just, uh, it's about hotel security and surveillance at a casino or a uh, casino surveillance and security on the Las Vegas strip. And interesting. It's look it, to me, to me, that is, uh, I I'm interested in that. It's kind of like a crime procedural, but like it's so different because it's here's how people are cheating at poker and here's how we deal with that. And um, and sometimes just hear things going on at the casino. There's like an episode where there's um, somebody mm-hmm. that walks in with a bomb to their chest and uh, there's lots of different things. And this definitely gets Gossip Girly at a time. And this definitely gets maybe CW in, instead of Gossip Girly. Uh, but uh, there's definitely those times that it probably doesn't hold up as much as I want it to, but it's it's just as a special place in my heart and I haven't seen it in fifteen years and um I'm I'm enjoying my rewatch. I just wish more people could rewatch it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh the only other thing I want to talk about is I, I started from the earth to the moon uh because I'm smart. <laughs> uh because I've been missing out and this is awesome. I, I'm really loving this. I was expecting documentary, not biopic, docu series documentary series, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. And it, this is one of those where you look at like Band of Brothers and you're like, oh, that's Ross and that's um, mm-hmm. the, uh, Ron Livingston and that's uh, Michael Fassbender and Tom Hardy here. And like, this is kind of fun for that, too. You're like, oh, this is Brian Cranston. But before right. he was Hal and, and here's this guy who I know his face, but not his name. And Steve Zahn in a small role in the first episode. Like, I've only, I'm only one episode in, but I'm really loving this. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's great. That's all I got. What are the other things you wanted to mention? I think I went. I think I mentioned it all. Cool. Uh, the only new show that I added to the queue was uh, Made for Love. This is a new HBO Max one. It it just looks like that weird, like almost like Lars and the Real Girl type. 
but mm-hmm. just my kind of weird. And at this point in her career, because after uh, Palm Springs, I trust and uh, and the um, Star Trek parody Black Mirror episode. Kristen Milioti can do whatever she wants, and I watch it. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I haven't checked that one out yet. It's just on my queue. Yeah. So what uh, what are some of the things on your queue? What are some things that you never got around to that you are wanting to get back, wanting to get around to at some point? Uh, This is an interesting question for me because I don't know if I'm hoping to get around to something, I get around to it. Uh, You know, I make time for the things I want to get around to. Okay. I I haven't seen in Sopranos, you know, so if you're talking list of shame, then, you know, like things like Sopranos would be on there. Yeah, maybe that's a better way to rephrase it. Then, what are those things you think people might be shocked to find out you haven't seen? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sopranos is definitely a a big one. That's kind of the one I go to. I just I don't have any desire to dedicate that much time to that show. I get that it it's amazing. I get that it started kind of the peak TV era. I totally understand all that, but that's just something that's not not necessarily interesting to me. Uh, I've never watched any of some of the biggest sitcoms that people talk about, uh, Big Bang Theory, you know, some of those, uh, Two and a Half Men. Like, I just, I, you know, I gave up on laugh track shows a long time ago, and I just, so far, so far, you aren't missing much. (laughs) Not that, not that interested. I don't know. I don't know that there's really anything else people would be surprised by. I watch a lot of TV, so, but, um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's just always an endless queue for me. Um, Grey's Anatomy. But... I've never watched Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> that know. that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> uh, there's to me, there's just an ever uh, an ever never ending uh, list of things to do, and mm-hmm. you know, I you know don't have the privilege of doing this as a full time job just yet. So, uh, yeah. or at least media related stuff just yet. So, you know, it'd be different if I had you know, a bunch of time to like, Oh, like somebody's paying me to watch all of the West wing. Like I'll, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll bump that up in my list. And, yeah. There are very few people on this earth, uh, that have that privilege and I, I am not one of them. I have, I've never, <laughs> never been a full-time, uh, movie critic, movie reviewer, but you have been doing it officially for 17 years recently. So 17 congrats- years. congratulations by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's an exciting, uh, exciting milestone. I don't know how many people make that. Yeah, my uh, my movie critic uh, career can almost vote. <laughs> almost. I, I want to move on to then the just the last part of this, which is the one hot take that you have for TV. So a lot of times it's a movie you love or a show you love that everybody else hates or vice versa or something like that. I want to talk about this is kind of TV related. I want to talk about HBO Max pushing back Mortal Kombat. Um, and I tweeted about this. I went on a, a little mini rant and it's essentially there was a bunch of fans getting upset that they subscribed the day this uh, Zack Snyder's justice league came out. And they were like, with this 30 day trial that I'm, or that I'm paying for one month, they don't have trials anymore. I'm paying for one month and I'm, I'm going to be able to get uh, uh, Zack Snyder's justice league. And I'm going to be able to get Godzilla versus Kong. And I'm going to get, be able to get mortal Kombat." And people were upset when they pushed it back one week, just enough to get out of the time frame. And I'm here to say, look, $15 is a steal for all the content you're getting. Even just those three things, that is a movie ticket, especially on a weekend night. And not only that, but if you started your subscription, you already get access to Tom and Jerry, which I haven't seen. And I've been told that probably nobody should see, but like (laughs) you still get access to it. Judas and the Black Messiah was on when you started Zack Snyder's Justice League. And that's an excellent movie. Uh, So like, 
I don't know what you're complaining about. I, I, I don't sympathize with you. I don't pay an extra 15 bucks for or if you don't want to go to the theaters, but you want to see Mortal Kombat, you would pay 15 bucks anyway to go there. And they're like, oh, well, it's just that like they promised me this. And it's like, nobody ever promised you anything. Release dates are always subject to change until the second that they come out. So yeah. look, it may be a little dicey and it may be a little sketchy, but so is Netflix always raising their prices and um, so are release dates getting pushed back even. And that's nah, a, it's a free market. They're yeah. going to do what they do. And if you don't like it, don't subscribe. Like, I mean, that right. at the end of the day is, is if you're trying to play the subscription game like that, I just <laughs> think you, I think you're going about it wrong. Like I, I get the idea of, you know, wanting to, you know, only have, you know, not have to pay for stuff like, you know, not to be able to pay for stuff. Believe me, I've been there very yeah. recently. <laughs> I have been there, but I would say there are better ways to play that game than getting upset about something getting moved. You know, it's easy to create email addresses. Let me just say that, <laughs> you know, it's, it's really easy to, uh, to create email addresses. You know, somebody who has the subscription service that you you want and you could go over to their house and you know watch what you want to watch over there yeah. or you know god forbid share a sign in which some of the companies are okay with and some of them aren't <laughs> um but it's just like i i don't get the the idea of like oh i signed up for a month and you you moved this you sneaky guys you moved this it's like well they're number one they're a business like <laughs> What did you expect? Like that made sense to them business wise. And again, if you don't like it, don't subscribe. Like that's right. you know. And look, maybe it needed an extra week, and maybe people are just theorizing. And I mean, it sounds right to me. It yeah. makes sense to me. And, well, and I think the the uh, the other reason people were talking is like nowhere, no one else is releasing. They wanted Godzilla versus Kong to be another thing that's in the theaters that is taking up most of the theaters. So yeah, give Godzilla versus Kong an extra box office boost. Yeah. That makes sense as a business decision. And yeah, I'm yep. with you. And speaking, we didn't get a chance to talk about this earlier, but how much better is Falcon and this Winter Soldier for releasing on a weekly basis as opposed to all at once? I, I Listen, I've said this forever. I, I've said this since Netflix started dropping TV shows in entire seasons. I get why people love it. It's addictive. It's like crack. Yeah. Um, as from what I've heard. Uh, but it's, but it's one of those things where it's not the, it's not the most fun way to experience. It's so internal that way. When you release week to week, it becomes external and that's so much more fun. Um, you know, you get the time to talk about theories and cool stuff and, you know, connect with other people in the community. When you drop whole seasons of stuff, it's like, even not from just a like programming standpoint for like media culture, like for the website, when do you talk about stuff? How do you talk about stuff? How do you know when people have seen the entire season? How do you know when they've seen like, you know, yeah, I just, I week to week is so much smarter. I think, I think Netflix is succeeding despite itself. I think Netflix thinks it's succeeding because of the binging and the um, just throwing stuff up and making people find stuff in the interface and all the algorithms and that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying some of that stuff isn't helping them. Yeah. What I'm saying is 
I don't think they realize the game changer it would be for them to play to human nature. People love patterns. People love the idea of every Friday there's a new movie. Yeah. Like, and they're starting to understand this, but Netflix releases enough movies that they could have Friday Netflix movie every Friday of the year and they could own the movie conversation. Yeah. And I think they're starting to get there, but they just they just don't think of it that way. They just they they don't realize uh the power of patterns. And that's yeah. what the weekly releases is it's just the power of patterns. Everybody well, getting up early on Friday and <laughs> and watching the new episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. That's a real thing and it well, impacts the enjoyment of the show. It, right, that was I am enjoying it so much more because it's a weekly basis. Same with WandaVision, same with Mandalorian. You you said it perfectly when Stranger Things 3 came out. It's like they could have dominated that summer. Dominated. But, but they dominated about a weekend. Yeah. And if that, because everybody was at a different place in the, the season. Like. Right. So I, I, I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier being weekly is enhancing my experience. I'm liking it much more for yeah. that reason. Uh, do you have a hot take? Uh, the finale of Lost is one of the, uh, best episodes of television and will rightfully be seen that way, uh, in the future. Um, I think people will come around on it. Um, I am with you. Uh, yeah. Although caveat, I've only seen the pilot and the finale. <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched it live with my brother and he, and he was filling me in the gaps on commercial breaks, but I was just like, this is genius. I love this idea. I love this concept. And I don't know. Maybe it's because you and I also think that Last Jedi is the best Star Wars movie and you know subverting expectations <laughs> and, and all that. So. Well, yeah, Which, but see, time, I, think, I think time will tell for that, too. I, I do, too. I, I, I do, too. I, I think time will be be very, very kind to The Last Jedi. Yeah. I think time will continue not to be kind to Disney's handling of those three Star Wars movies. 100%. But I think as far as a, an individual movie, time will be be kind to The Last Jedi. I, I, yeah, I, I believe with Lost that the mistake was with playing with people's expectations um, and teasing them too much. Um, now you have to remember the internet fan culture was in its real infancy, uh, yeah. during law. In fact, it kind of developed during the run of lost And one of the, one of the, in 2006, seven? yeah, one of the, one of the first podcasts that was really big was Damon and Carlton talking every week about the lost episode mm-hmm. and, they would play with the audience and they would say things like, oh, we know exactly where we're going. And I know already know the end shot. Those things turned out to be true, by the way, but people took them to mean things that they didn't mean. And they let people uh, believe that that way. And so people had expectations of all of these questions being answered and the things that they wanted to know and completely missed the 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 forest for the trees on that finale completely missed it uh it is so beautiful it is such a perfect end to that show that show was always about the relationships always from episode one that show was about the relationships all the mysterious science stuff time travel stuff cool stuff that we also love that was the foundation for the relationships. And it's just th- that show, that was the perfect way to end that show. It, the the um, the quote unquote flash sideways that turned into an understanding of the afterlife 
was I thought a beautiful final twist. Um, but it just people had their own expectations and completely misunderstood it, by the way. And part of that is on the show, I guess. You have to be clear enough that people are going to get it. Yeah. But, you know, to this day, people think that they were dead the whole time and that the island was purgatory. And it is just not the case. <laughs> like in any reading of the show, like if you actually watch the show, that is just not the case. Yeah. Um, but that's just that's how people took it. And that's what they believe. So, well, and yeah. frankly, even if that was the case, I would still think that's brilliant. Um, <laughs> well, people felt betrayed by that yeah. because they said from the very beginning that that's not what the island was, that the island was a real place. And so they felt like the, the you know there was a rug pull at the end where you said the island was a real place and it was just purgatory. And it's like, no, you're not paying attention. But yeah, anyhow. Would you say it's your favorite finale of all time? Ooh, you know what else, what's really good? Um is uh, the good place? That's a great finale, but I think Lost Finale is better. I, you know what? You'd have to give me a lot of time to really think that one through. But initially, I, I it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if it ended up being my favorite finale. Yeah, I mean, I could Lost uh, HBO's Watchmen. I think is excellent um, finale. Well, Watchmen, Watchmen's just great all yeah. the way through. Uh, and, and by the way, same guy, <laughs> same right. guy did Watchmen is Lost. Like you know, let's. You well, know, and let's, let's and not already, be surprised. You already said your favorite show of all time being Dick Van Dyke show. And yeah. Mine is HBO Watchmen for sure. Um, yeah. uh, I, I, I love the How I Met Your Mother finale. I don't know that I put it in greatest of all time category, but I, I think I never brilliant. watched How I Met Your Mother. That's another one of those comedies that people might wow. be surprised I never watched. Okay. It may, may be dated, but uh, I, I I enjoy it. Um, especially, the, it. especially the Barney characters, maybe, maybe a little mm-hmm. dated. Yeah. Uh, I love uh, the good place finale is, is pretty great. I, I think people would say the office finale, but those people are wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's fine. I don't mind it, but those people would also say the office is the best show of all time. And those people are for sure wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think you would, I, people would probably say Sopranos. I never watched that show. Um, I was very aware of the controversy or contro- controversy uh, of that last uh, episode with the fade to black. Breaking Bad has a great finale, but really the penultimate episode is the best episode of Breaking Bad, or maybe it was the third to last even. I can't remember. So I don't know that I would say Breaking Bad. The The Newsroom has an excellent finale. Yeah. Um, yeah, I true. Think, I think in the conversation. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'd throw The Leftovers in there too, speaking of Lindelof. That's uh, on I don't my know cue. If you ever got a chance to watch The Leftovers, but that has a great finale as well. I, I wasn't interested until after... Um, after Watchmen, I was like, "Oh, this is Lindelof!" Like, like because mm-hmm. I only known him from his movie stuff. Which, like, I I think Prometheus is a fine movie, and mm-hmm. but I know people love to give it crap, and I just I know people hate his movies, but and I think yeah, Damon I think gets he, me. I think I think he belongs in TV more than movies, but um, for sure, I I see movies he's attached. He to. He gets me. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, let's uh, move on to the B plot. This is kind of extending that uh, that situation. Aaron, I'm going to give you all controlling power over the whole vast array of TV and streaming and all that. Uh, mm. We're gonna we're gonna cancel and revive some shows. And uh, okay, um, I have three listed for each. Um, how do you want to do this? Do you want to start with a uh, a revival, or, and we, we could kind of do a back and forth, or do you do you have like less than three? Yeah, I you know I I could probably come up with three of each. All right, I'll I'll kick us off then, and I'll just continue the conversation, uh, giving you time to think. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll bring back newsroom. 
I watched that over quarantine. Fine to steal one of mine right off the bat. (laughs) Not only the fact that it's Sorkin and not only the fact that Jeff Daniels is excellent and Emmy award winning caliber and um, everybody in that show is great. Particularly my standout was John Gallagher Jr. um, Who is just terrific. Um, And uh, Olivia Munn, um, lots of Dev Patel, lots of people doing great things, but especially with the current, um, kind of political climate. Um, so, I would love for Newsroom to return to form in the first season where they were taking legitimate, actual, real-world problems such as the Deepwater Horizon BP oil spill and um, the, the Arizona governor that was shot in Phoenix and all that. Like, I would love for him to return to form and do something. You know, like, I, I don't want him to be like totally anti, you know, they or leaning a particular party to ostracize another one. But just in general, how media coverage has been recently, I would love to see a modern-day, real-time uh, newsroom revival. Well, I'll go with a different Sorkin then. Uh, let's bring back Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Uh, this is this is an underrated show. I get why people didn't like it. Uh, it plays in the backstage of the Saturday Night Live idea. And the skits that they show on the show were so bad that people were like this stuff would have never been on TV. And I'm like, have you seen Saturday night live? Cause we just talked about like <laughs> the skits are bad sometimes, but no, there was a, there was an inauthenticity to the actual show part of that show, but the performances were great. Some of the characters were really interesting and had interesting worldviews as you would expect with the Sorkin show. Um, so yeah, I, I debated, uh, you know, once you took newsroom, uh, between going, uh, with uh, studio 60 or sports night, uh, which is another really fun one. Um, but decided to go with Studio 60. I really enjoyed that. Plus, I, I like Matthew Perry. Uh, this was his, Matthew Perry's like right after Friends, right? Mm-hmm. This is what I don't know if it was right it. after Friends, but it was it was shortly thereafter, yeah. This, uh, I, again, shocked to find out Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip is not available anywhere to stream. Oh, um, no, no. I think you can buy it digitally, um, but it's pretty pricey to do. Um, yeah. As soon as I finished newsroom, I went on eBay and bought a copy of the DVDs. Cause I just like, I need to see this and I need to see sports night and I need to, Oh, nice. I need, I need it. So it's on my queue. It, it's only one season. So I'll get around to it pretty quick. Probably. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with Las Vegas again. Uh, this is only for the fact that um, I think it could be really interesting doing, you know, modern with it, as, mu- as much as technology has advanced. Um, mo- the, the, watching this show which took which ran from like 2003 to 8 is so dated they're still using mm-hmm. like f- flip phones to to communicate with one another and like it's it's all so so dated and um you know i feel like las vegas security has to be tippy top notch so um I, I would love to see this show come back um or a reboot even uh or just uh yeah just, just redo it um take the same premise um but but it's also one of those that it just ends on such a big cliffhanger. Um, I want my resolution, and uh, I'll never get it. I hear you. I hear you. Um, I'll go with Pushing Daisies. Ooh. Uh, this is a Brian Fuller show, and man, did I love this show. Lee Pace uh, mm-hmm. stars in it. Kristen Chenoweth stars in it as well. Really quirky. Really fun. Um, nothing like it on TV at the time. And, uh, I think this was like late to first decade of the two thousands about then. Yeah. Um, and, uh, man, I just, I really enjoy this show. I'd love to see this come back. I think you got two seasons, but it I'd did. love, I'd love, I'd love to see it, uh, come back for, for a while. 
this has to be in the conversation for one of the best TV pilots of all time, right? I don't remember the pilot per se. I just remember loving the show so much. Um, but yeah, it could be. I just remember the pilot so vividly just because it has to set up this universe and it has to set up uh, this this character that if he touches somebody physically, he dies. And then finding a romantic partner that how, mm. how do they navigate that is just like, I, I thought it was brilliant. And uh, uh, by the way, available on HBO Max. So all you guys can mm-hmm. can check it out um, if you've never heard of the show. It is for sure worth a watch. Yeah. Uh, and I'll end with, um, I want to bring back the Santa Clarita diet. This is one of those Netflix shows that partly because they release it all at once. Um, it just got it talked about at kind of an occult fandom level, but not really anything more. Um, and, uh, I, this is Timothy Oliphant and Drew Barrymore. I think they have a fun chemistry. I'm a big Timothy Oliphant stan account here. Um, but, uh, I just, I really love, uh, the concept of the show. Uh, Drew Barrymore is a dead person but she's not a zombie mm-hmm. because she's still conscious and sentient and all that uh, nathan fillion having a fun role in here and uh and a fun purpose that i i really liked the show i think i'm gonna stick on the brian fuller theme and go with the show that came of his that came before pushing daisies that i think only had one season before it was canceled uh called wonderfalls um mm-hmm. wonderfalls I also really, really loved Quirky again. Also Lee Pace, by the way, uh, in this one too. Um, but really, uh, Carolyn uh, Dover, uh I, I don't know how to say Dobberness, I think is how you say her last name. Uh, sure. Starring in it. And basically the story is she works at a gift shop. And she starts hearing the little knickknacks in the gift shop come to life and instruct her on... Uh, things that need to happen um, with other people. Um, so it's it's just quirky and fun. It was interesting and, you know, was one in a long line of shows uh, around that time that uh, Fox brought out that I loved that they then canceled. So, yeah. Well, Fox does have a history. Sure does. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's just too late for the Firefly train. It's just too late. Yeah. But, it's just too late. But, you know, a reboot. You know, that. <laughs> apparently so. TV Guide included Wonderfalls in their 2013 list of 60 shows that were canceled too soon. I agree. TV I've Guide. never heard of the show. So, yeah, that's it's the, really good. This that. All right. You ready to cancel some stuff? Sure. I feel mean about this, though. This isn't <laughs> usually what I do, but I like I could. Yeah, sure. I can do this. I had a, I had a hard time doing this because it was like, look, like love what you love. And, and that's right. Fine. Of course. Uh, and, and like. Yo, totally support that. And like, look, the Big Bang Theory is never going to be my cup of tea. Um, but like, it for people, it was the is most watched show on? on television. No, it just ended. But Young Sheldon's oh. on now. So the spin-off. so I could have made that one of mine then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like so, like love what you love, and just like this, is just our preferences. These are like I'm tired of this dominating conversation, or this is right. just uninspired at this point. So uh, I'll kick us off with any crime procedural that has been on for more than five years. <laughs> this is a broad category, but I agree. Yeah, so like the, I, I'm pretty sure CSI is done, uh, but like NCIS is still going somehow. Um, especially since there's no original people anymore. Like, aren't they rebooting CSI with William Peterson and like I the th- original cast and I stuff? I think so. I yeah. think so. And like, I've heard, I've heard Clarice is, uh, a, another one of those crime procedurals, but it, it's a little different. Um, Luther is one of my favorite TV shows of all time and it's kind of a crime procedural, but it's also not make more shows like that. Um, yeah. get, get rid of all these just weekly 
uninspired <laughs> uh, crime procedurals that have been on for far too long. Yeah, I will uh, add to that. Cancel anything with uh, Walking Dead in the title. Um, <laughs> Stole my number one. <laughs> it's too many, too, uh, too many episodes of this show. This show was done a long time ago. But again, I feel horrible saying it because if you love that stuff, love it. You know, I don't, I don't, don't want to take it. I don't want to take it away from you, but I, I don't know why don't people think it on there. watch this show anymore. Like I, I gave up after season, I think four, but I wanted to give up after season in the middle of season three. Like, I don't I don't know why people have stuck with it. To, to uh, Yeah, I don't know. It's got to be the characters. It's got to be something about, you know, connecting to them or something. It's got to be that there's no other zombie shows. Yeah. Um, and um, Daryl Dixon is still a fun character that's right that's it um okay well i'll go with tiny house hunters um i hate this everybody in the show is just pretentious and uh like i get the show is leaning into that they're wanting to show super picky people everybody's trying to downsize and just Mm -hmm. everybody in the show like look if you want a tiny home fine but they're showing the people gosh i downsize if you want i get it but this show is just showing us the worst of the worst and yeah that's just not fun for anybody and if you're one of those people that finds that fun i would encourage you to reevaluate your your idea of entertainment fair enough i i i'm gonna mention shows now that i don't watch and i don't then i've never watched i watched a season or two or three or five or whatever of uh walking dead but i've never watched these shows so this is just this is this is all sorts of presumptive and wrong for me to do this. <laughs> but I but you you've put me in this corner and I I will have to do what I have to do. Uh all the real housewife shows. <laughs> um I don't understand it. I don't get it. It seems to me that it, it the little bits and pieces I've caught of clips or promos or whatever, which is very few, but it seems to be some sort of encouragement of bad behavior of you know like lifestyle um i don't know there's there's something about those kind of reality shows that really tweaks me in the wrong way i will repeat never watched an episode so i am assuming a lot and i understand that this is aaron's fault because he's put me in this place that i had to do this so um but yeah (laughs) all the real housewives shows you're you're putting me in the same place too since taking off my walking dead pick uh I'm gonna I'm gonna cancel all the Bachelor shows. Oh, that uh, was my other one. No. We're such on the same page. <laughs> we'll just take it as both of ours. How about that? <laughs> um, and and for for the only reason there has to be a better way to do reality dating, right? Because this show has... I don't know. I I uh, for me I don't understand the reality dating. I think there's n- like there are more successful relationships from non dating reality shows than there are from the reality dating shows. Like, you know, biggest loser had a ton of like really successful yeah. marriages come from that show. Um, you know, I, I, I just, when the whole point is like, I don't know, it, it doesn't make any sense I, to me. It just, the, I, that's, I wanted to pick it just because I feel like it's creating such a stigma about relationships and the way they should be done. And I don't, I don't really think there's, much role modeling that's worth modeling in especially in mm-hmm. relationships. Like a lot of times it's just let's grab a bunch of attractive people and throw them in a room. And it's like, right. Th- there has to be a better way to do this. There has to be. That's, that's mostly why I want to do it. Why I want to cancel it. 
Well, then I'm, I'm going to go with Dance Moms then. We'll just keep it on the reality <laughs> reality trash train. We're canceling all reality TV that's not competitive based. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, Dance Moms is inter- – I mean, Dance Moms is one of those things from my understanding – again, I've never watched it – that just seems to me to encourage bad behavior. The idea of overparenting, some of the, the damage we've seen happen to young performers because of overparenting and – you know, putting your own dreams on your kids and the pressure and and all that stuff. Um, yeah, there's just there's just some of these reality shows are voyeuristic to the point of encouraging bad behavior, and I I don't uh, I just I don't understand I don't understand it or uh, appreciate it. But again, a lot of assumptions being made. So yeah, very aware of that. I legitimately thought about saying let's cancel like the whole network NT- MTV or whatever <laughs> keeping up with the cat Kardashians well, then, I'd, is on. then I'd miss the uh, the challenge so and well we were so whatever close. whatever that keeping with the Kardashians <laughs> and the like catfish and whatever whatever all that stuff is on dance yeah. moms we'll just we'll just cancel that network <laughs> yeah yes cool <laughs> I mean if we're canceling networks I I can think of some news networks we could probably talk about canceling. <laughs> All news networks. They're all, all news. That's right. That's right. Except for the newsroom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's where Except we we'll get our newsroom. Uh, action or Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, <laughs> nice. Hey, well, thanks for playing along. I know it's it, yeah, of difficult. Course. Difficult being negative sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, but we'll move on to the spinoff then. And uh, I feel like it's kind of that fair. You know, like you said with Oscars, like if you want to put a wild card in, then you gotta. If you want to put in a nomination, you have to be willing to remove one. So mm-hmm. yeah, we're, totally. we're we're throwing ours in and, and getting we're making some space for them. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll move on to the spinoff. So Aaron, what's that one thing in pop culture that you just really ex- want to tell people to to watch or to avoid? Man, we talked about a lot of that stuff. Um... I would say I'm going to go a little bit broader here and say I've been catching up on some uh, real missing spots of my uh, film watching mm-hmm. that involve a director that I just want to say, if you see this director's name on a movie, an old movie, you're probably going to have a good time. And that's Billy Wilder. I know mm-hmm. I'm not breaking news here. I know everybody knows Billy Wilder is amazing. I didn't say everybody. I knew Billy Wilder was amazing. I just never took the time to really watch his stuff. Um, all of it. I'd seen some of it. But, uh, but man, I've been watching some Billy Wilder stuff, and he is so good. And really has a broad range of kinds of movies he's written and directed. So, um, so I think that's what I'd say. Okay. Do yourself a favor and hunt up some of uh, Billy Wilder's uh, stuff. This is uh, The Apartment, Sabrina. Yes. Um, uh, yes. Double Indemnity is his probably yes. most popular one. Um, things like that. And actually... Yeah, Double Indemnity is the one that sent me on this this latest run of Billy Wilder movies because I'd never seen it and I decided to watch it. And it is so good. Like, it immediately jumped into my top 50 movies of all time. Like, um, yeah, Double Indemnity is great. Sabrina's great. Uh, the Apartment is great. Witness for the Prosecution is great. Sunset Boulevard is great. It's just about to say we we had Sunset Boulevard in the goats schedule at one point for this uh, mm-hmm. this half, but I think we substituted it with uh, Cinema Paradiso. Yeah. So we'll get to Sunset Boulevard for sure at some point. Lots of great stuff. I'm gonna talk about another round. I watched this last night with my wife, and I love this movie feel? so much. It's great, isn't it? 
It's it's so good. And it's I so did... good that right now you're at a 0.05 alcohol level <laughs> just just in honor of another round. I really appreciate that. That is commitment. <laughs> I uh I just there's something so good about uh this movie cuz it almost feels kind of like a documentary but it's not uh, and the, seeing the little bits of joy and the little bit of hope that comes specifically the scene with the music teacher um mm-hmm. Trying to the, sing the the Denmark is my home song or some something like mm-hmm. that. Um, by the way, beware of foreign film. So I mean, like, do not let that turn you off. Beware uh, of subtitles. But, but like, yeah, like <laughs> I was. <laughs> we were eating dinner last night. And we were eating spaghetti too. So you have to look down to eat. <laughs> and so we were like looking down, getting what we could, and like springing mm-hmm. back up to to make sure we could catch it. But nothing will make you more aware of how what a bad movie watcher you are at home than watching something with subtitles that'll really clue you in to the how much you look away from the screen <laughs> for sure yeah so uh yeah uh, i just I, I love it it's on hulu um thomas vinterberg nominated for best director mads mickelson doing some excellent work here um as a lead actor as always um i just one of the best final scenes of the year yeah this is a. Uh, this is a super high recommend for me. I really, I hope it, hope it gets some love. I mean, it, there's no way this isn't winning best international feature, right? Yeah. I think that's a lock. So there you go. There's one free answer for this Oscars pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've heard he might be an underdog for best director. I doubt it, but uh, he might be an underdog. Oh no, he's definitely an underdog for best director. I don't think, he, <laughs> I think he's a way underdog for best director. I don't think he has a shot. Well, yeah, I, I'm I'm not part of the Academy, so <laughs> I don't get most days. But uh, yeah, I, I really love this movie. Uh, and I think it's definitely worth checking out, especially it's available right now on Hulu. If you have Hulu, there's no reason not to watch it, but uh, that'll do it. So quick reminder, Sip Pop Riders Room is part of Studio DNA Network. You can check out other great shows at studiodna.media, including uh, Sip Pop Weekly, as well as uh, the Morning DNA every Monday and Sundays at 9 a.m. And uh, if you're interested in writing for SifPop.com, you want to check out uh, or you want to get in contact with us, maybe send us a question to explore during the B-plot. Email us at SifPop. Writers room at SifPop.com. Gosh, I always mess that up. That's in the <laughs> episode description underneath there. You can get in contact with me via Twitter at Castle. Follow me on Letterboxd. But uh, uh, that'll do that. Uh, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. It helps out the show uh, so very much. Aaron, where do you want to send people to? Uh, you can listen to the podcast. Search for uh, Pop. And you should be able to find that uh, pretty easily. So, yeah. Appreciate you having uh, coming on the show. Again, short, late notice. Had a great conversation with you. Really appreciate it. Yeah. My pleasure. And um, I'll see you in a, a week. <laughs> yeah, I know. A week from tomorrow. <laughs> Two days by the time this episode launches. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you cool. then. That'll do it.